So here's the big question. You're interested in value investing and valuing and evaluating businesses on a deep level, but you don't know how even after researching for hours, probably dozens of hours, hundreds of hours on the internet and because nobody else shows you how to do it. This podcast has all those answers and much more about value investing and finance. My name is Jason Rivera. Welcome to Value Investing in Your Car. Before I get to that, though, I need to let you know you can get this series podcast anywhere in the world for free on all major podcasting platforms, Stitcher, Anchor, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and more. You can get this as part of the Value Investing in a Car series anywhere in the world for free. Plus, please remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell if you're watching on YouTube so you're notified every time we release a new video and release new videos all the time. Hey, guys. Sorry this is a little bit late. Um... I meant to get to, to you before Monday, but I got busy with some family stuff over the weekend, so I hope this didn't make too, too big of a deal. So I apologize for that, but I haven't taken, I know what this company is because I've seen their commercials and stuff, um, but other than that, this is a clean look at the company. I brought up their financial, all I've done so far up to this point in the video is bring up the financial pages I'm going to look at. And then I saw that they were up 11% today. So I got some news to look at, but I haven't even looked at the news. So um, this is going to be a clean look as if I would work to look at the company for the first time, because it is the first time I'm looking at it. Um, nothing really of importance over here. Two ratios tab that yeah, IPO'd in 2017, it looked like. Negative operating profits. Typically, I want to see those above 10% positive on a consistent basis. What I'm assuming here, and again, um, you guys have more knowledge of Smile Direct Club than I do at this point. But what I'm assuming here is they're spending uh, pretty much all their money on marketing and client acquisition, which is why I'm assuming their operating profits are negative. So not necessarily a huge deal if they're acquiring clients at a reasonable cost. Um, they will have high lifetime value. Right for share negative, of course, because operating income, net income are negative. So this is interesting a little bit because their operating profits are low or negative. Sorry. Usually a company has to issue shares to continue operations, but they haven't. Um, they've issued one million shares, which is not a huge deal. So most likely this means they've taken on more debt since their IPO to continue operations, um, which frankly isn't a great thing, but it's if they're, again, if they're acquiring clients at a decent rate and they have long lifetime value, which again, in this arena, they will. Um, my mom were used to actually work in this arena. I don't know what the doctor office. So I know a decent amount about this industry. And usually if you, if you have orthodontic issues, you have retainers and I don't remember some of the exact terms, but other things that go into your mouth to fix your teeth. And I also noticed on their front page over here that they involve uh, stuff with teeth whitening as well. So um, these clients typically do have high lifetime value. Um, general administrative. So they're putting a lot of money, again, selling general and administrative costs, uh, marketing, stuff like that. Which kind of would have expected. Mm, nothing else major down here. I expected this to be negative. Again, I look for anything above 10% on a consistent basis here. Um, so this isn't a huge deal because I expected this. This is a bigger deal. 
ROE being so much higher than ROIC means the company has a significant amount of debt in this case um, because ROE is levered by debt while ROIC is not. So when this number here, ROE is significantly higher in this case, almost triple um, ROIC, it means the company has a significant amount of debt. This is a big deal here too. Interest coverage ratio. Um, interest coverage ratio essentially measures whether a company can pay the interest on its current debt payments with its current profitability because Smile Direct Club is negative profitability. This, of course, means they can't cover the interest payments on their current debt with funds from operations. What this likely means, again, combine this with what I just said about ROE and ROIC above, means that they've likely taken on more debt. They're taking on more debt, sorry. I already know they have debt, but they've likely taken on more debt to continue to fund operations and their debt payments, which again, is not necessarily a healthy thing. Free cash flow to sales, hugely negative here, free cash flow to sales. Again, I, I look for this, of course, to be positive. I kind of expected that because they're pumping all the money back into the company. Again, not a gigantic deal if they're doing what they should be doing, which we'll find out more about in a little bit. This is good. High cash levels, accounts receivable and inventory dropping could be a problem. Um, but I'm going to assume here, based on these numbers, it's not because I'm assuming this was related to IPO stuff because it was so much higher than recent years. And, and then in recent years, it's fallen quite a bit. Um, so I'll, I'll be able to find out more about that when we look at the cash conversion cycle over here. But that catches my eye on that. This was likely due to IPO related stuff. So not a huge deal here. Normally, again, you don't want to see that. But they fixed that. So they actually had a significant amount of debt after the IPO, got rid of it. And then now they have some more again with, I'm assuming, coronavirus related costs, people putting off stuff like braces and teeth whitening, which leads to this. So the cash conversion cycle. Um, I've talked to Mike a little bit about this. Brian, this is uh, going to be mostly for you here. And Mike, as a refresher, if you don't remember, our talks about this. This is one of my favorite metrics to look at that, frankly, nobody else talks about. But it shows you so many different things just with this one number. So the cash conversion cycle essentially measures the amount of time it takes for a company to turn cash into inventory, inventory into uh, sales, and sales into more cash. The faster this cycle of turns is what it's called, generally the better. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Typically you want to see this, that means typically you want to see this number going down over time. This year it's gone up significantly. Um, again, I'm assuming this isn't necessarily a gigantic deal because I'm assuming a lot of this is due to dentist and orthodontics office closing or offices closing during the COVID stuff. Um, day sale outstanding uh, rose by about 40 days. This means it's taking 40 days longer now than it was set in 2017 to sell stuff. This means that inventory rising is that they have more inventory levels now than they did again about, was that two, two and a half times? Uh, a little bit under two and a half times. 
the inventory that they did in 2017. Again, not a great thing, but it's not a massive red flag because back in 2019, this number was 34 days, so it had fallen by 20 days. And now because of the COVID stuff, I'm assuming most of this is COVID related. Uh, jumped from 34 days in at the end of 2019, 93 days in so far, or in the last 12 months consecutively. Debt, so 447 million. Um, actually, that's less debt than I expected, frankly. So it's not a mat. The debt's not a massive deal yet. Um, it's about 10% of the market cap. So actually, that's not a huge deal. So they raise more cash because of the COVID stuff, which is pretty much happening for companies worldwide. They're taking on debt or issuing shares to raise more cash. Inventory levels have gone up a little bit. Um, again, I would expect that a bigger, higher number than that based on the cash conversion cycle. Accounts receivable, again, small increase. Not as big of an increase as I would have expected. But again, none of these are bad things. These are actually surprisingly good things. Um, PPE, not a huge deal for them. Uh, their debt, again, we already talked about this. Their debt levels are surprisingly lower than I expected. Um, so that's a good thing. Uh, yeah, 390 million, no, the number, or the total number, point, uh, 420 ish million here. It's about 10% of the market cap, which is not a huge deal. Um, I'm not seeing really any major red flags here on the balance sheet. Let's go to the cash flow statement. And Mike, you'll notice I'm not going to even go to the income statement here as I'm doing this. Um, I'll go to the balance sheet and the cash flow statement. We've had many conversations about that. Stock-based compensation, that's most likely related from the IPO here. And 55 million, 56, that's still a decent amount. But again, that happens for companies after IPO for years. Um, so it's not necessarily a huge deal. Total or regular income. I would want to know what this number is. If I were to dig into the financials, 44.5 million in total or regular income. Um, I would need to go into the financial reports to figure out what that is, but it's likely not a huge deal. So they've lowered their expenses. Again, almost all companies are trying to do that right now, so that's not a bad thing. Not a red flag. That's just kind of expected. Cash flow from operations, negative 209 million. Again, that's not a huge red flag because of the COVID stuff. Bought back some stock, it looks like, because this is negative. So they've issued some stock back in fourth quarter of 2019, and they bought stock back. Um, yeah, not really anything of note there. Okay, so they issued $389 million in debt in second quarter of 2020. Again, not a huge deal. That's what most companies are doing. They use that to pay off some debt and also fund um, operations, cash burn, stuff like that while the company or while the company's dentists and orthodontics offices are closed where it does sales for the COVID stuff. No major red flags here either in the cash flow statement. Let's go to valuation. Okay, I can't tell it's PE or price to cash flow because both are negative. Um, and then this is coming up weird. I'm trying to refresh this. Okay, this is coming up weird. Um, I don't know if it's because the company is unprofitable. Usually you can scroll down here to see other kind of valuations. Um, but you can't really value the company that way anyways because it's unprofitable on net income, which is earnings, 
free cash flow, which is cash flow, and um, operating income, which is EBIT, which is usually on here, but it's not. It's unprofitable on all levels, so you can't really value the company based on that. Um, so frankly, how would I value this company is probably a question you're asking or might be asking. Uh, I don't value companies based on revenue, so I wouldn't do that. Um, frankly, I don't know. I would probably base it on the valuation of the uh, balance sheet, but frankly, that's not a fair valuation either because their operations are valuable even though they are negative profit, uh, negatively profitable. Um, so frankly, I don't know off the top of my head how I would value this company um, because any way I value it would show it to be massively overvalued. Um, based on, again, it's on profitability and all that stuff I just mentioned. So I'm not even going to give you a valuation estimate right now because, again, every valuation estimate I would do would show it to be massively overvalued. Um, let's go see what its news is. This is a big deal. Um, yeah, so 20 million insured now have access to Smile Club's products and they're insurance or through their MetLife insurance. That's a huge deal, which is why shares are up so big today. You know, I apologize for not getting this to you sooner. Hopefully that wasn't a big deal, but that's a big deal. Um, earnings, the release earnings today as well. That's a huge deal because if they can save costs on marketing and still acquire a similar amount of clients with the same lifetime value, again, in this industry, there's a lot of lifetime value in these clients. Um, that's a huge deal. That'll save a huge amount of costs, which could lead them toward profitability. Revenue increased in the quarter, profit margins increased, but they're still down from last half of 2019, which again is not a red flag because pretty much everybody's business is down from last half of 2019, unless you're kind of in the info space or um, you're selling food, stuff like that that people need. Pretty much all other than that, most businesses are massively down. Okay, so I said I expected their marketing expenses to be enormous. Um, they are. 72% <laughs> of revenue, um, but they're lowering those, as mentioned above, which is a good thing. Again, if they can produce the same results. I'm assuming this is supposed to say new leads, not need leads. Um 7% of core three purchases were new leads, I'm assuming that's supposed to mean. Um, which if that's true, the hardest thing, as you guys know, is to acquire the customer. So as long as they do a great job with their clients, which again, I'm assuming they do, um, then they can keep them for high lifetime value and earn the money back on the back end. Mm -hmm. Referrals are a huge amount of their, that's actually pretty cool to see. Um, that means they do good work. That means they treat their clients well. If they're getting a essentially one in five referral rate actually it's up it's almost one in four uh the last quarter all the marketing expenses have cratered from 142 million in the first quarter before the covid stuff to 35 million last quarter to 67 million this quarter um sorry i'm just scrolling through here uh okay so i'm doing that. so my overall thoughts is small direct club although it's not profitable right now there's no major red flags like most of the companies, uh, like some of the stocks I look at for you guys. Um, I don't see any major red flags because I understand the business model. Again, that's why the unprofitability isn't a huge deal. Of course, you'd like to see them be profitable, but they're 
I get I can almost guarantee what they would say is they're worried about the long term, they're worried about the lifetime value of their client, serving their clients and growing their clients that way, which kind of shows up in their numbers and also um, their quarterly uh, press release right here. So no major red flags. The biggest thing here is that um, it's overvalued, which if you own the stock is not a huge deal. Um, if you're looking to buy more shares, I would be careful about the price you pay. Um, because again, any valuation I would do would show it as massively overvalued right now. Um, so I would be careful if you're looking to buy new shares, but if you own shares currently, it's not a huge deal. Um, frankly, that's a good thing for you because that gives the company options. They can issue shares to, <coughs> to um, take advantage of their high valued stock to grow more and Mike and I have talked talked a lot about capital allocation and how that helps or how that could help if they're good capital allocators. Um but yeah, no no major red flags here. So again, I apologize for this being a little bit late. Hopefully it didn't make a huge deal um negatively in any way to you guys. But um I hope this helped. And if you have any other questions, want me to look at anything else, as always let me know. Have an awesome day. Talk soon. Bye.